Hey, everybody, and welcome again to Learning from Smart People. I'm your host, Rob Oliver, and I would encourage you all, if you have a chance, subscribe to the podcast. That way you don't miss an episode. And here's why you don't want to miss an episode. Today's episode is going to be one that I think is going to give you some brand new ways to look at life, brand new ways to look at relationships, and just give you some new thoughts. And as I've said before, when the mind of man is expanded by new thought, it never contracts to its original shape. So my guest today is a friend of mine. His name is Al Condolucci. He is a consultant and trainer of exceptional skill with a PhD from Pitt and over 50 years as an advocate, including 47 years as CEO of UCP of Pittsburgh and Community Living and Support Services. He has also been a Pitt professor for 40 years. He has the academic and practical experience in human service leadership. He's the author of eight books and in 2018 was awarded the key to the city of Pittsburgh, the highest civilian honor a resident can receive. Al, welcome to the show. Oh, Rob, it is just wonderful to be with you today and have an opportunity to exchange in your podcast. This was not in your bio, but I will also mention this. Al was my first boss. The first job that I got after graduating from school with my master's degree in psych was working for uh, the organization that was then known as UCP of Pittsburgh. And I I learned a tremendous amount from you. And I guess, Al, do you remember the slogan that you had for United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh? Yeah, the, the slogan was working toward a community where each belongs. That thought comes to me so many times. And I was actually thinking about that what we have going on right now mm. with social isolation and the idea, I feel like somehow community has broken down because we're all stuck in our homes. I, what are your thoughts about that idea of what's going on with community right now? Yeah, these are really um, strange times, uh, Rob. You know, the whole notion of the successful life, the essence of life really is community and relationships that we build in community. And uh, although for many of us and most of us, community is really perceived as, you know, as a place um, or as a tangible, um, you know, we can and we do have very robust virtual uh, community uh, options and outlets. And so we're in some trying times now where we have to, you know, self-isolate and, and socially uh, stay distant. Uh, but the connecting with people, both uh, virtually or, um, you know, online, um, is still a viable notion. I, I, I had a, a we, my wife and I uh, hosted a dinner party the other night uh, through Zoom. And so wow. with some of our close friends, we, we, we all prepared the same meal, we, we ate together, and through Zoom, we, we still enjoyed uh, each other's uh, company, uh, much as if we would have been out at a restaurant. So although I think we are physically distant, I think we still have capacity to stay socially connected, albeit through uh, virtual means. The obvious question is, what was on the menu? <laughs> well, you know, being Italian, Rob, you know that my preference is for, you know, a spaghetti, a ravioli, a linguines. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, this was a Mexican 
uh, flavor. Uh, we we celebrated uh, right, uh, you know, day after Cinco de Mayo. So everybody prepared Mexican dish. Fantastic. I guess what I'm thinking about, though, is not everybody is that socially connected. Are there are there communities or are there people out there that you're you're thinking about that are having increased isolation as a result of what's going on is what is what's going on with the folks out there that are really feeling that isolation and possibly even feeling that the loneliness that comes from social distancing well you know it's interesting you raised that rob because um prior to the pandemic um loneliness and social isolation was on the rise and is on the rise globally um we're we you know we were fine this is prior to the uh the pandemic uh, that um, both government and private entities began to really get serious about the notion of people being rendered disconnected. And I think a lot of it tied to the baby boomer, uh, as the baby boomers aged, um, that large cohort coming of age, many folks found themselves to be um, aging by themselves or aging alone. And, and, and consequently, this loneliness factor went up. Now, Many health insurance companies have begun to recognize the ill effects, the health ill effects that loneliness and isolation can render. Um, and these social determinants of health have now risen to the top where many of our large health insurance uh, corporations here in the United States and certainly around the, around the world, where either through uh, government-funded health uh, initiatives or privately-funded uh, health initiatives. Uh, this notion of loneliness has really been um, been on the rise. Um, in the UK, for example, um, the, in 2017, um, there was serious uh, focus on the negative effects that loneliness and isolation were bringing in Great Britain, and uh, so a study was conducted. And um, a commission was was uh, was uh, generated, and what they discovered, Rob, is that the loneliness factor and the isolation factor had gone up so high that the government decided to create a minister addressing loneliness issues in the UK. UK. This is a ministerial level position, Rob, reporting right to the prime minister, right, uh, looking at addressing loneliness. So prior to the pandemic, we were struggling with loneliness and isolation. And there are groups of people who are more at risk. So who are those? Yeah, older uh, being one uh, large cohort, but folks with disabilities, uh, single parents or single families, um, minorities, uh, uh, sexual orientation differences, uh, folks with disabilities, mental health conditions, all of those um, elements uh, can, in fact, enhance uh, isolation and loneliness uh, in folks um, that are in those uh, particular groups. I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said that community, we often view it as like a physical location. And yeah. it. I was thinking about that. A community without people is nothing because right. you have... You know, out west, you have the concept of the ghost towns where there's a bunch of buildings, but 
that can be a town, but it's not a community because it has no people. That's correct. I think you would remember way back in the day when you were in Pittsburgh, in the city of Pittsburgh, you could walk down the street and you could listen to a Pirates game the whole way as you walk down the street because everybody's sitting out on the front porch. They've got the radio on and you have this where everybody is kind of part of what's happening. Nowadays, with technology being what it is, we've got computers, we've got cell phones, we've got big screen TVs. And instead of being outside, we now move inside and our activities become much more singular activities. And in addition to that, um, the level of relationships decreases. I'm thinking specifically about those communities that you've mentioned. Mm -hmm. They can do some virtual connections and virtual connections are wonderful, but I wonder what are your thoughts about the the lack of depth when it comes to being Facebook friends or how do you build deeper relationships? Does, does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really, really um, a powerful question, Rob, because, um, you know, there in, in the studies that have been done, and as I mentioned, uh, this, this whole area of loneliness and isolation have really now um, give rise to uh, some, some sensitivity and some statistics that we're beginning to take a look at. And it's interesting, Cigna Insurance Company, for example, Rob, uh, in 2018, did a really large 20,000 sample uh, study where they used the, the UCLA loneliness scale, which is a 20-item scale that was developed at the University of California, Los Angeles, back in 1968. And over the years, that scale has been refined and enhanced and, and found to be valid and reliable. And so Cigna um, did this study with 20,000 Americans, all different ages, all different regions of uh, the United States, um, and discovered that loneliness was on the rise, in fact, was 10 points higher than in 2000 when the last national study was done on loneliness. But the interesting finding that they had related to the question that you just rose uh, was uh, that they weren't, they didn't have enough data to suggest that technology was the reason or at the root of this rise of loneliness. Um, so they couldn't, they couldn't confirm that. Although anecdotally, if, if, if you or I uh, go out and, you know, to a mall or we go out to, to an airport and, or any, any place, you see people with their nose in their phone, um, you know, just obviously um, connecting but one needs to question, you know, how robust is that connection? How viable is it? Does it really uh, make people feel less lonely when they're connecting through those kinds of more abstract means? So I think we're still we're still needing to to gain more evidence to look more closely at this notion of isolation and loneliness. But it clearly is rearing its its ugly head. To me having the a technological connection is better than having no connections at all. Correct. Uh, and then um, there needs to be something that builds on that because I, I do think that having being able to get out into 
what we refer to as the community to get out amongst other people is part of building relationships. And there are obvious barriers that come with that. You mentioned specifically people with disabilities. And so you're dealing with, uh, you're dealing with physical barriers to being able to, to get out with other people. You mentioned people with mental health issues and you're dealing with kind of stigmatic um, barriers where, you know, so I, I guess when it comes to this, I love the idea that, that we have talked about previously. And so I want to introduce my audience to this. You're talking about making an investment in um, dealing with isolation and dealing with uh, how to improve people's relationships, mm-hmm. but you're not talking about making a financial investment. Can you tell me a little bit about what what this concept is yeah. and how it works. Yeah, um, uh, a very very good question, Rob. Because um, you know when you, you can talk all day about loneliness and isolation, but and, and I think people get it. I think they'll 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 hear that that data and they'll hear that information. They'll say, yeah, you know what? It, you know, I do feel a little bit more lonely and and and, and isolated. Um, however. The, um, the way to address that is to build relationships, build social capital. Rob is the actual sociological term used to describe relationships. And social capital um, is, is a term that first uh, appeared in the literature um, in 1916. Um, and in the ensuing years, sociologists studied it and began to really probe more. And, and, and social capital refers to the value that you get in your life from the relationships you have in your life, actual and, 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 and virtual. And, and so building relationships becomes the, the, the key to addressing social isolation and loneliness. It is building, building relationships. And, and actually, to build a relationship doesn't necessarily require a financial investment. Obviously, obviously it requires a, a, an investment of time. Obviously, it re- right. requires an investment of consciousness and mindfulness. But you know, building relationships um, in the in the research that I've done, that the, the research that I've read, really has four steps to it, Rob. Um, the first okay. step is uh, finding the points of connection. Sociologists call that bridging. Uh, what bridges you to another person? Like you and I, for example, we formed our first relationship when we were bridged by virtue of both of our passion for advocacy. Uh, for right. building a better world for, for people. Um, so that similarity, that, uh, can, that, that affinity that we both shared connected us, that created a bridge between you and I. So step one is what are your affinities? What do you care about? What are you interested in? What do you like? What do you, what are you passionate about, right? And then- Yeah, I, Al, I was just going to say- this is, as I'm listening to you talk about this, loneliness is that feeling that I am by myself. Yeah. There is no one like me. Yeah. There, I'm, I'm feeling very singular. I'm feeling no connection. Correct. And the very first thing you say is, what is it that you have in common with someone else? Correct. And 
the first foundational step is finding that bridge where I am not alone. This person and I have something in common and it's a mindful choice. I, I don't know why I've never thought of it this way, but it's just exactly the antidote to what we're talking it's about right. with loneliness. You're, you're absolutely correct, Rob. It's what do you, what do you have uh, in common? What do you have um, similar to someone else? Uh, but that finding that um, is the is the very you know obviously the first step, but the second step then begins to address where in my community or in my in my orbit are there places that people gather on a regular basis to celebrate that which we have in common, right? Now let me un- unpack that because I, I said a lot in that second step, right? Find Absolutely. a setting or a venue or a gathering place that meets on a regular basis around that which we have in common, right? So step one, what, what do I, who is Al Condalusi? What is he like? What is he passionate about? Step two, where in my orbit might I find other people who share what I care about, right? Um, so finding that spot, that's step two. And and that's not as easy as, as you think. Uh, for example, um, you know, if you move uh, from, you know, you live, you live in Pittsburgh and you're moving to New York City or you're moving to uh, Philadelphia or some other community, um, you're leaving your social capital behind. You're leaving your connections behind. And, and so your challenge, um, if, you, if you don't want to be lonely there, if you don't, don't want to be isolated there, is how do I find a place where other people gather who share what I what I care about? Um, so finding that that setting, that's step two, right? Okay, so I'm thinking like the first example that pops into my mind it would be like church. Yes. Can you can you give me some other examples of what might fit into that category? Oh, sure, sure, absolutely. In fact, let, let me let me use uh, my my father the example that we have with my father. My father. Um, who's you know, who's now gone? But um, in his in his uh, later years, he, uh, he you know he was diagnosed with Parkinson's, and his Parkinson's became pretty aggressive. Rob, it, it it you know he he had a harder time you know going out. He needed to rely on on a wheelchair. Um, physically, he needed assistance and support. Um, and so obviously, we provided that for him. And and dads, because of his vulnerability, became more and more isolated. And we wanted to get him, we wanted to keep him connected. And so knowing dad, obviously, you know, he raised me growing up with our family. One of dad's passions was jazz music. When he was a young man, he played upright bass. He was a, he was a jazz writer. Um, he was an affectionado of jazz. And so um, using jazz, I began to look around and say, where in Pittsburgh can I get my dad connected with jazz? And I found the Pittsburgh Jazz Society, right? And they meet right. every Sunday. And, and, and so finding a venue that's commensurate with what your passion is. Obviously, church is low-hanging fruit. We can easily think if I was moving from Pittsburgh to Philadelphia, you know, and I'm Catholic, I'm going to look for a Catholic church, right? But what else about right. Al Contalusi is there? He likes golf. Okay, I'm gonna. 
he, he you know he loves to read can i find a reading group uh, um he he enjoys uh you know um you know music can he find some kind of music outlets right so literally finding uh, affinities uh, leads you then to begin to say where can i discover uh where other people gather regularly now remember Rob, regularity is really an important component to relationship building. Um, okay. If you see somebody again and again and again, like when we work together, right? We, you yep. know, we work together. We saw each other daily, right? Seeing each other again and again and again begins to create strong connecting points beyond what brought us together in the first place, right? You're a family man. I'm a family man. You know, you, you, you're a, a pirate fan. I'm a pirate fan, right? So. Those other kinds of things, um, you know, through regularity, strengthened our relationship. So, so step one, what, who is Rob Oliver? Step two, where do other people gather in places that Rob Oliver is passionate about? Right. So I'm thinking even the, like meetup.com where it's going to give you a list of a bunch of local meetings yeah. that are on all kinds of different topics. Great idea there. Yeah. So what's step three? Step three, Rob, really then, then gets a little more anthropological. And, and that is every group that meets on a regular basis, whether it's a church, whether it's the jazz society, whether it's people going to pirate games, um, follow certain expected behaviors. Um, they dress a certain way. They behave a certain way. They pattern themselves and sit in, in certain places. They begin to create rituals, patterns. They, they begin to ascribe to a jargon that everybody understands and everybody shares, right? So all of those things, um, the more I begin to recognize them and understand how powerful they are, the easier my penetration is into that new group. For example... If, if I moved to Philadelphia and I joined a golf league, right? Because I like golf. So I find some right. people who like golf, right? Um, step three would begin to say, how does Al have to behave in order to be accepted, in order to be valued by other people in that, in that golf league, right? So for, for me thinking about, well, you know, I, you know, I want to behave in ways that where I'm respectful, I want to behave in ways where I don't talk when other people are putting, when, when I, when I don't, oh, I don't become overbearing um, in a situation that I already know. Right. So understanding, I mean, you go to church, there are certain expectations. When you go to work, there are certain expectations. When you, right. you know, join, volunteer uh, for the food bank, there are certain expectations. Right. So step three, is understanding what is expected of me in this new setting. And that just strengthens your appeal to the other people in that setting. And Great. And so four very quickly is yep. to find the gatekeeper, right? Now a gatekeeper is somebody already in the community, already in the setting you would like to, to, to be in yourself. And that person creates a, 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 a value rise for you. They're, the gatekeeper validates the newcomer. And, and so if I'm joining a golf league, 
I'm going to be looking around and say, who might I, you know, connect with that I think would facilitate facilitate my success in this golf league? And so it's finding someone who other people value and respect, because if they value and respect um, uh, that, 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 that the gatekeeper and the gatekeeper likes me, they're probably going to value and respect me. So those four things, Rob, sort of intersect, you know, finding, you know, your passion. Secondly, finding the community. Step three, understanding the expectations of the community. Step four, who's the gatekeeper that will validate my, you know, success in this new group? That is fantastic. Al, I, I was thinking about this and maybe I'm going to have to have you on at another time because I've got a whole list of questions that go the other way yeah. to talk about how do you invest in other people? So what you're talking about is investing in relationships yes. for yourself and building your own relationships. I'm thinking about um, ways to invest in vulnerable populations, ways to invest in people that you're seeing as isolated. If you, Someday, if you're willing, I'd love to have you back to talk about oh, absolutely, that. Absolutely, Rob. I, you know, let's 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 plan for it because uh, you know the topic is one. You know, I know most podcasts are half an hour, and and you know, trying to you know encase you know a pretty complex um, construct in thirty minutes is a Herculean task. <laughs> absolutely. Well, you have definitely given us a wonderful overview. I really appreciate what you have laid out. I think that it is just such an amazingly great application of the concept of investment moved from financial world into social and practical world. Al, you have established that you are smart. <laughs> I have established that I have learned from you. The problem is the name of the show is Learning from Smart People. So now we have to establish that you are a person. And I, I have three questions yes. to establish your humanity. <laughs> uh, so, Al, what is your favorite family activity? Oh, boy. My fa favorite family act, uh, you know, activity is really... Uh, gathering, um, uh, not in the high moments, you know, weddings or baptisms or reunions, but in the everyday moments. We we usually have our family over for Sunday dinner. Um, we almost uh, do that. We do that almost every Sunday. And those gatherings, Rob, are really, to me, I mean, when we talk about everything and we talk about nothing and and, and maybe just sitting in silence, um, is validating and strengthening uh, to us. So, so that's, I, I think, my answer to that. Wonderful. So when the alarm goes off in the morning, do you hit the snooze button or do you wake up immediately? Oh, I get up immediately. I'm, uh, you, know, I, I, you know, in fact, oftentimes I don't have to even set my alarm uh, because I sort of um, have myself ready to go. I know if I got something, if I have breakfast with Rob Oliver at 8 o'clock in Newton Park, I'm going to be up at you know six thirty quarter to seven, so I can get ready and be there uh, for that uh, for that uh, meeting. You know, somehow I don't find that surprising at all. <laughs> I, the last question is: This is 
one I think is right in your wheelhouse, and that is where can you get the best Italian food in Pittsburgh? <laughs> well, it is in my wheelhouse. In fact, my favorite Italian restaurant, Rob, is in McKee's Rocks, Pennsylvania, uh, and it's called 1905 Eatery. And I would I would recommend it's a small little family run uh, um, uh, 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 restaurant. Um, there's probably 15 tables uh, in the restaurant, and it is the best Italian food that you're going to have for your money um, in 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 the tri-state area. 1905 Eatery in the Keys Rocks. Excellent. I was worried that you were going to say the Condalusi Sunday family dinner table is where you can get the best Italian food. I'm like, that's not helpful, Al, because I know that you love me and I know that maybe one day I can get there. But um, for the most part, that's not a possibility. You have been exceptionally helpful today. I, I really appreciate you being on the show. If people are interested in getting a hold of you or learning more information about you, what's the best way to do that? Sure. Thanks, Rob. Um, I, I think folks can go to uh, my website, which is um, www.alcondeluci.com. And at my website, uh, there's videos. My TED Talk is there. There's some uploads from books I've written, um, uh, all focused on relationship building and social capital. Fantastic. I will put a, a link to that down in the show notes so that anybody who's interested can check you out there. There's a lot of good information out. Thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Hey, all you guys that are listening, thanks for listening to the show as well. This has been Learning from Smart People. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. Check out the website, learningfromsmartpeople.com. Thank you for listening. And I will leave you with this reminder. When you stop learning, you stop living. Have a great day, everybody.